0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. I just want to say a big thank you to anybody who's watching or listening today. Um, We really appreciate the support. Um, And as always, please let me know if you have any comments, questions, things you want us to address in the podcast. Uh, We're very happy to get your feedback. Today is a little bit more of a somber episode Many of you who live in the Minnesota Twin Cities area are very aware of some events that happened two days ago um, on the date of this filming. And um, for those of you who may not know or may be listening from elsewhere in the country, um, two days ago on Sunday, uh, which would have been February 18th of 2024, um, there were uh, some police officers that responded to an incident of domestic violence at a house nearby. And in that uh, incident, uh, it eventually uh, turned into a gun violence situation. Um, two police officers were killed, and another one was injured. And a uh, firefighter slash paramedic uh, was who was also on the scene um, was also killed. Um, and I believe that uh, that that medic was uh, killed while trying to drag away one of the injured. Uh, injured officers. So, just a very, very tragic situation. Um, it unfolded uh, about a mile away from where our church building is. Um, so, it's very much a part of our community. Um, the police department and City Hall are located directly across the street from our church building. Uh, we had church members that live very close to that area. Um, I believe one member w- lives two doors down from where all this happened. So, Um, It's something that's very jarring to our community here on the whole uh, in Burnsville and is very personal to a number of people. I do want to say the names of the men who were killed. I think it's important to do that. So um, the two police officers were Matthew Rouge and Paul Elmstrand, and the firefighter slash paramedic was Adam Finseth. And so... Uh, we just want to say that uh, we as a church are grieving those losses with those families and uh, the loved ones of those uh, those three men. Um, our hearts and our prayers are with you. All of this uh, certainly brings up a lot of questions uh, for anybody. Um, but there's a lot of questions that are really difficult to answer um, and I'd, I would just like to take some time today to address just one of those questions. And this is a question that can come up in a variety of contexts. It's not limited to this particular situation by any means. Um, any of you could face this question for any number of reasons. Um, but many of us are certainly grappling with this now in the wake of this tragedy. Um, and that question is, what do you do when you feel helpless in the face of tragedy? And again, many of us encounter this in a variety of different ways, whether it's an act of violence like this, um, whether it's a loved one, uh, you know, battling an illness, um, perhaps it's a natural disaster, any number of reasons. So what do you do uh, when you feel helpless in the face of tragedy? And I'm going to tackle this question in three different ways Um, but please know that these ways um, of answering this question don't make it an easy question to grapple with. It's not an easy pat answer that makes everything feel okay. Um, These things that I'm saying are, are things that help us go through something but it doesn't resolve the thing that we're going through. Um, so the first thing I will say in response to the question of what do you do when you feel helpless in the face, tra- face of tragedy, uh, the first thing I'll say is that the Spirit intercedes with us in our groanings. Um, the Holy Spirit is interceding with us and for us and helping us articulate what we in our souls cannot articulate. When our souls are just groaning and we don't know what to say, we don't know what to think, we don't know what to feel, the Holy Spirit is with that, with us in that, and is speaking for us on our behalf in our prayer. And so, um, I want to read a passage of Scripture um, that articulates that, and we find this in Romans eight uh, verses, especially verses twenty six and seven and twenty seven. But I'm actually going to start all, back a little bit further um, with verse eighteen because that gives us some context to show that. We as humans are not the only thing that is groaning in this world. The whole world itself is groaning because of the brokenness that we experience. So um, I'm going to read this chapter, uh, Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 18 through 27. It says, uh, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be free from the bondage of decay, bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that Croatian, er, creation is has been groaning together with the labor pains until now. So all of creation feels this pain of the brokenness that we experience in the world, Um, whether it's brokenness that is a result of sin, or brokenness that is just the result of things that happen with natural disasters. Um, Creation, all of creation, not just us as people, all of creation is groaning uh, with the challenges that the world is facing. Continuing on in verse 23. Not only that, uh, but we find ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits. We also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now, in this hope, we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope, because he, who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience. So again, that part of the passage is just kind of expressing that all of creation and all of humanity is wrestling uh, with these questions of suffering and tragedy. And so then here in verses 26 and 27 is where it gets into how the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and kind of articulates those things that uh, we don't understand and We just feel, and we don't know how to put it into words. So it says this in verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I know I take great peace and great comfort knowing that when I go to God in prayer in the midst of things like this, where I feel helpless or I'm overwhelmed by sorrow, um, I'm grateful for this knowledge that the Holy Spirit understands what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, even when I don't know how to put it into words. God puts it into words for us, to express, then, to God, the Holy Spirit, God's personal presence with us, says, okay, here's what Cavan is thinking, here's what Cavan is feeling, and prays on my behalf to God the Father so that what I'm thinking and feeling can be expressed to God, even when I don't know how to express that. So that is very helpful, I think, um, it, it takes the, the burden off me trying to understand what I'm feeling and trying to express it to God. And I can just go to God and say, "Ugh," and God understands that. God understands when all I can do is just groan about the tragedies of the world. And I take great peace in that. The second piece that I want to address is that, um, and this is a phrase that somebody shared with me, uh, in our staff meeting today. Um, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And so that just kind of captures the idea that when we are facing these kinds of tragedies that feel overwhelming and beyond our ability to fix, and indeed these things are beyond our ability to fix, um, it's so important for us to keep our eyes focused on God. Um, Certainly we want to be on the lookout for... Um, opportunities around us to be of service to people and to be of comfort to people. Um, But ultimately, our our gaze mainly needs to be upon God. We can look at Psalm 16, verses 7 through 8, which say, I will bless the Lord who counsels me, even at night when my thoughts troubled me. I'm sure we've all experienced that. I always let the Lord guide me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. So here we have this imagery of when we are troubled, when we don't know what's going on, God is our guide. So we keep our eyes focused on God. And I really like the image at the um, end of uh, verse 8 here of God being at my right hand. Um, Most of us are right-hand dominant people. I'm sure there's some left-handed people uh, watching us. But um, because the majority of people experience dominance in the right hand, um, to have God at your right hand to kind of guide your dominant hand. Um, it's both an act of submission because you're um, giving your stronger hand to God for God to guide it, um, but it's also an image of power because God is guiding your dominant hand. So for those of you who are left-handed, just flip the image. Um, but I, overall, I just think that's a really beautiful image and a helpful way of understanding uh, what to do. Again, in the face of when things are helpless or feel helpless, um, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And the last piece is just kind of an infamous piece of scripture about um, the ways that the Holy Spirit um, just comforts us. Um, sometimes that's all we need. Um, there's no rational explanation for the way that things unfold in the world sometimes Uh, there's no specific thing that can be said there's no specific thing that can be done to fix it we just need comfort and god's holy spirit does provide that for us Uh, we see that happening in second corinthians uh, chapter one verses three through seven where it says blessed be the god of and father of our lord jesus christ the father of mercies and the god of all comfort so the god that we serve is a god of comfort among many other things but comfort is one of them he comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from god so god comforts us so that we can then go provide that comfort for others it's a beautiful beautiful image For just as the sufferings of Christ overflow to us, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that as you share in the sufferings, so you also share in the comfort. And I think it's really interesting that this particular passage combines all this imagery of comfort with this imagery of suffering. Because if God is a God of comfort, that implies that there has to be suffering that needs to be comforted. So the Bible is very clear that life in Christ does not make things easy. It does not make all pain, all sorrow, all tragedy just go away these are very real parts of our lives and we're certainly f- experiencing that right now in our community here in burnsville um, we are experiencing that suffering we also have the opportunity to experience the comfort that god gives us this doesn't negate the suffering doesn't make it go away um, but it provides comfort in this situation I actually really love that the Bible tells us that our pain never just magically goes away, um, and as much as we would want our pain to go away, the Bible is very real that it doesn't, and I'm so grateful for that because even though um, I've I've spent my life um, in the Christian church and as a Christian. Um, I've still experienced deep pain at some times, and I've often thought, "Oh, I must not be close enough to God because my pain in this situation has not gone away. Am I not faithful enough? Scripture tells us that that is not the case. You can be a very faithful person and experience tremendous, deep pain. Some of the most people, the most faithful people that we know of in Scripture and in our real lives and throughout uh, the church's history have indeed experienced tremendous tragedy and tremendous pain. So um, we should not ever think our faith is less because we are enduring sufferings of any sort. Um, They are very real parts of life, but God is with us in those parts of life, providing that comfort. So you may experience that comfort directly from God. Um, You may also experience that uh, comfort uh, through other people that God has given comfort to, and then, then they extend it to you. Um, So um, it's my hope that if you have not experienced that, that you would uh, experience that in some way um, in the coming days. And if you are in need of comfort, please reach out, please reach out. There are so many people that would be willing to help you and to uh, walk with you through whatever, whatever struggles you may be going through. So, If there's any circumstance that you're facing anything at all um, and you need support with that, you need comfort, uh, please let us know. Um, We would be happy to uh, step into that with you. So those are just three of the pieces um, that I think can help us when we're grappling with that question of what do we do when we feel helpless in the face of tragedy. Um, We remember that the Spirit intercedes for us in our groanings. We remember that when we don't know what to do, we can keep our eyes focused on God. And we just remember that God is a God of comfort. I also just want to address a couple of other um, practical things that we can do uh, during this time to support the families of all those involved. Um, Faith Covenant Church has reached out to the police department. Um, just to let them know that if you need uh, the use of our facilities or if you need to talk to anybody, we're here uh, for that. Um, we, we <laughs> the, the police department I think is very overwhelmed right now so we've not gotten a response on that and um, but I, I just want our our congregation to know that we are supporting the the department in that way if they should uh, need that. Um, We've also learned that there's going to be a prayer vigil, I believe, on Friday um, at Prince of Peace Church, um, not far away from here. Um, They have a much larger capacity for us, so there's going to be a significant I believe it's on Friday night. I'll um, include a link to that um, in the episode description. So that's coming up. Um, Some people are wondering about how can we support the families of these three men? Um, How can we you know, donate financially to them and support them in that way. Um, Then that's, we are very grateful for anybody who would want to support them in that way. Um, I'm going to also include a link um, to an organization called the law enforcement labor services. Um, That's a Minnesota organization that supports families of law enforcement. Um, And so, um, any gifts, uh, financial gifts, can be donated to that site, and that'll be dispersed uh, directly to the families. Um, we have been cautioned that there have been a lot of scam sites set up to solicit donations that are supposedly through or supposedly f- for the benefit of these families. Um, right now, the only verif- again the only verified site for donating directly to these families is through that, um, again, it's called the Law Enforcement Labor Services. And again, I'm including a link into that uh, on our episode description. The Burnsville uh, City website does have a community updates page that pertain uh, to this shooting. And so um, as time goes on, there may be other websites that are legitimate um, and are genuinely going to benefit these families. Um, So, I would say if you're looking for ways to support the family, go first to uh, the Burnsville City webpage. I, I believe it's burnsvillemn.gov, something like that. Um, but go to the Burnsville City webpage. They have a community updates uh, section on their website that is going to be continually updating with ways to support the family and support the community. So there is that. Um, I also learned on Sunday evening, um, hours after the incident, that um, one of the officers, Officer Paul Elmstrand, um, had actually recently just signed up to run the Twin Cities Marathon with Team World Vision to raise funds for, uh, for clean water around the world. Um, this is a cause that is very dear to my heart and many here in the Faith Covenant community. And so um, his teammates from his church with Team World Vision um, are fundraising in honor of him. So his fundraising site um, is still open. And to be clear, if, if you donate on that page, that money goes to Team World Vision for clean water purposes um, in memory um, of Paul Elmstrand. So if you're donating, and I'm going to include the link to that as well. So I'm including a lot of links. Um, but if you want to donate for clean water on Paul Elmstrand's uh, fundraising page in his memory, in his honor, um, you may do so. Even that would be appreciated as well. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then I would just like to just remind us, again, to just be in prayer for all those affected, um, for the families, and I want to say their names again, the families of officers uh, Matthew Rouge and Paul Elmstrand, and firefighter slash paramedic Adam Finseth. Um, I also, of course, want us to be in prayer for um, the children and the woman who was um, involved in the domestic uh, violence or abuse situation that preceded the authorities uh, arriving. Um, There's not been a lot of details released publicly about them, but um, what we do know is that There were several children that were in the home with the shooter, um, barricaded in in some way. And so um, thankfully they are all safe and were not physically injured, but um, certainly they've been through an extremely traumatic and devastating experience with all this. Um, So please be in prayer for those kids. Um, And I believe there is one adult woman who is the mother of a couple of the children who is there as well. Um, it sounds like there may have been some, there may have been some ongoing domestic violence situations. So, they've certainly been through a lot. Um, we're still learning more about ways to support the, those families and those children directly. Um, we have not yet received information on ways to support them, um, but if we do find out, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will be letting um, our church community know. So please watch your email. Um, for more information as that comes out. Um, and all, also, obviously, there's there's just a lot of other people who were involved, neighbors who were hearing and witnessing some of these things, other first responders that were also on the scene. Um, there's a lot of people that have been impacted by this. So please be in prayer about this. Um, and continue to pray, not just this week, um, but in the weeks and months to come, because this is going to be challenging for a lot of people for a very long time for a very very long time so that is everything i wanted to cover um so again i just want to remind you i will be posting in the episode description information about the upcoming prayer vigil at prince of peace church um information on how to donate to uh support the families of the three men killed directly um and also a link to support um Uh, Officer Paul Elmstrand's fundraising with Team World Vision that will benefit uh, uh, Team World Vision directly. So those are all the things that uh, I want to say today. Um, If you do have other things that you need to talk to someone about, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to any of us um, at Faith Covenant Church. Uh, We want to be there um, to be a resource and to help you and to help anyone else that uh, may, may need help. So Thank you all for watching, thank you for listening, and um, please be in prayer for the Burnsville community. Thank you.